Hey everyone, we are back at it again. This is David. And this is Andrea. And welcome to the Text Lab. This is where we're going to do a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for Life Group this week. Our goal is to help you make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who keep making disciples. So whether you are leading a Life Group or just trying to do some deep diving on your own, we hope that the Text Lab helps you have meaningful conversations about what God has said to us through his word. Uh, This week is John 6, 16 through 24. Let's get into it. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. I am the bread of life. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. All right, Andrea. New year, same book of John, but a new season of the Text Lab podcast. It's good to be back together. Yes. So much, as always, to unpack. Uh, What do you see? Where do we start? Right. So I think it's really good if we kind of make sure we know where we're at in the story, because anytime you take a little tiny piece of scripture and you try to figure it out without knowing its context, we run into trouble. Doesn't so make sense. yeah, it's totally important that we remember why they're leaving here, right? Jesus has just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, massive miracle, yeah. reminding them of the wilderness experience and the manna. And these people were all ready to make Jesus king. And he's like, pulling his left turn, I'm going to get away. And some of the other stories tell us that he's headed out to pray. And so that kind of speeds us up to where we're at now. We see like the themes of Passover and manna. And then this, just this reminder that Jesus is a greater Moses Mm -hmm. and he's going to be the deliverer of the kingdom, but not like this political king that they were hoping for. Right. Right. They were concerned with earthly bread. If you remember what Daisy said, they didn't want a king. They wanted a burger king. He waited about 20 years to say that joke. So we're repeating it here. And so, yeah, Jesus is showing up in a way that they're not expecting him to. He is a greater Moses um, going to deliver people from their real slavery, sin. But that's a little bit different than what people wanted. I think it's important as you jump to a passage like this. We said this last week, pay attention to the imagery. So much imagery all over the place in these passages. This is something that's really kind of cool and unique, specifically to the book of John. The other gospels feel a little bit different than this. And John is just using imagery after imagery after imagery, specifically things that are connected to the Old Testament text or things that he's repeating a lot to make his main points. And so if you're not paying attention to that, you're not going to get the main point. And we see that again in this passage. I think one of the main ways you see that is just with this night theme that quickly John talks about as they're going out into the boat. John's kind of like a painter here. He's giving us details and imagery and clues about what the big idea is, what the point that he is trying to make. And so he says that the disciples go out to fish, but that it's evening. 
and that it's dark. Um, this immediately, if you've been tracking with the book of John, brings up some um, imagery about Nicodemus. And Nicodemus met with Jesus at night, and Nicodemus was somebody who was in the dark. He was lacking understanding about who Jesus was. You also think about John 1 that says that the true light has come into the world. Light and darkness mentioned it there. In John 3, 16, 17, 18, these concepts of light coming and shining in the darkness. And so we have the disciples. They're in the dark, though. It's evening time. Maybe they're lacking some understanding about Jesus. They're not understanding who he truly is, and light and darkness is going to be at play in this passage. What other imagery do you see? Yeah, so they end up on the water in this storm, and that's just another image. And if you look throughout all of scripture, water shows up as kind of like this chaotic Hmm. scene that these people would have understand to mean chaos, destruction, hell. Um, They would not have been like, oh, it's a fun day at the beach. Let's go out on the boat. Uh, This is a totally different idea for them going out on the water brings up just imagery of like Mm -hmm. things are going to get chaotic. Yeah. I think you see that all the way throughout scripture. Actually, the waters are often described as this, this kind of chaotic place, even thinking about the creation story and the waters that covered the earth or Noah and the flood and people as first century, people didn't know how to swim. There wasn't, there wasn't like swimming. You didn't take swimming lessons as a kid. And even fishermen would avoid the deep waters. It was a place that um, was not a place where God's presence was or where he ruled and reigned. It was kind of a, a place where darkness and, and chaos was. And they had this real fear of the sea um, that you see John, emphasizing here and so it's dark they're not understanding who jesus is they're out on the sea it's chaotic and fearful and suddenly i think they think they see a ghost (laughs) right someone is walking to them on the water the disciples are freaking out at this point and jesus comes and he says it is i don't be afraid this is a huge statement massive oh my gosh and it's it's big because he's not just saying i loved how you we were talking about this before he's not just saying like Hey, everybody, it's me. He's saying something about his identity. Um, We've been talking about the Moses story, and this is the same language that Jesus um, uses, that is the same language that God uses in Exodus 3.14, where God says, I am who I am. This statement translated from the Greek is literally just, I am, is what he says to his disciples. And so Jesus isn't just telling them this to tell um, them, hey, it's me, guys, you know, you were confused about who 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 I am or who was walking to you in the darkness on the lake. He's making an identity statement here. He's saying that I am God. Don't be afraid. So it's it's bigger than just telling them who he is. He's telling them something about who he is regarding his identity. And and that's I think really kind of the big theme of this passage. That that John is saying Jesus is God. He's he's greater than the storm. He's greater than the darkness. He brings light to that darkness. He's just provided bread for the people of Israel the way um, that God provided manna for them in the desert. And he makes this I am statement that Jesus is God. Yeah. And it's not like he's being subtle Hmm. here because for us, we're like, well, maybe he means this or maybe he because of the way that we think about bread or maybe we don't understand the storm waters or um, even saying I am like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, hi. But for <laughs> us, if somebody in our culture says I'm the goat, yeah. right? I am the greatest of all time. We know what that means. 
they're some sports hero, and I'm not going to even try to talk about sports heroes, (laughs) but they are some sports hero who is the best that has ever been. You take that and translate it to a different culture, and they're thinking about farm animals. (laughs) So in the Jewish culture, when Jesus says, I am, there is no question he's saying, I'm God. Which is why they wanted to kill him right, because right. this is how we get to blasphemy. Yeah, and like, some, sometimes we, I think, we look at this and we think, "Man, why did why did they kill Jesus? He's right. so nice, nice guy. He's doing miracles. He's doing mir- he can he's, raise the dead. Like, what's the problem? Right? And 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 Jesus was killed because of these statements that he claimed to be God. That not only did he claim he was God, he claimed he was equal with Yahweh of the Old Testament. He claimed that he was Yahweh of the Old Testament. There's there's no confusion about this. The Jewish people would have understood what this meant. They would have understood what Jesus was saying as he says this here to his disciples. He's actually going to say this seven times throughout the book of John, these I am statements, um, which we'll be getting into more next week and the following weeks. But he's making this identity claim that he is God, the same way that God showed up to Moses in the burning bush and said, I am who I am. Jesus says, I am who I am, which is pretty amazing. It really is. It's incredible and super sad that like they just couldn't see it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. As, as you think about this statement, even in application for us today, where does that take you? I don't know. I mean, it's not really chaotic in the world right now, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. I mean, even in the last week, the massive upheaval Mm. just in our own country, and that's not to say anything about places where people are starving or really hurting in other ways because of this pandemic. So I think you don't need a pandemic or election upheaval to feel like life is chaotic. And then we have the added chaos of mm-hmm. what this last year has brought. And so I think we can really connect with this idea of chaos. We might go to the beach for a beach day, but we understand what it means to be living in the storm. Mm, that's so good. I think thinking about this passage and thinking about what a word from Jesus for us, like even just like every day to maybe, maybe this would be something you could practice in your group, uh, encourage your group members to practice is what would it be like to this week as we have just been in this text on Sunday, just to daily read back through this text and hear the words from Jesus to you that it is I, don't be afraid. I am who I am, don't be afraid. And for that voice to be louder than the news cycle this week, for that voice to be louder than Instagram this week, for that voice to be louder than sports or the stock market or anything else that often is noise that tries to distract us from Jesus. Jesus is saying this to his disciples and he's saying this still to us today that I am who I am. Don't be afraid. Um, Gosh, I know that's what I need to hear today. And I know when that voice is louder in my mind and in my heart than any other voice, that changes a lot about how I live. Absolutely. And I think too, like just this idea of not only hearing his voice, but also recognize he's in it with mm, you. You're not cool. alone. Yep. God's not foreign. He's mm-hmm. not far away. Mm-hmm. He could have calmed the storm from the shore mm. and he walked out on the water Yeah. and was with them yep. in the boat. And so I think there's just something really powerful about yeah. knowing like, even if the waters continue to rage. Yeah, which they will. They will, right? They will. Like we're not out of the woods yet, yeah. but Jesus is here and yep. he's with you. And his faithfulness and his hold on you are tighter than yours could ever be on him. And so Mm. like we can rest 
in that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I feel like I need that right now in this moment. I need that every day this week. It is I. Don't be afraid. Hear that from Jesus speaking that to you. It is I. Don't be afraid. He calms the chaos and he calms the storm. I think a couple questions just for your group to really sit with this week is, one, if, if Jesus is God, what response does this demand in our life? If Jesus is God, he's not just a man, but truly Jesus is God. How does that change the way we live? Ultimately, that's the question that all of our lives are going to have to answer is, who is Jesus? And if Jesus is God, gosh, that changes things in our life. So what kind of response does that demand from us that Jesus is God? And then really, what ways is Jesus saying that it is I, don't be afraid, in your life this week? Um, How is he speaking that to you? How does that change the way you live? And in your response to him, that he is that presence that calms the storm. So as always, thanks for being with us here on the Text Lab. Glad you could join us. And we'll always do our best to make this time valuable for you as the listener. Yeah, whether you're at the gym, mowing the lawn, driving, or whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts, we hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. Do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you know truly you are one who sent out this week into your group, into your family, into your Pray Watch community, into our world, which desperately needs Jesus, that wherever you go, be the living proof of a loving God who calms the storm of our lives. 